Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,214. Always grasp just beyond where you can reach. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm a revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Springfield, Oregon, Mark Warman. Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I got my six point fastener on. I'm ready to roll. Foots to the wood already. Well, I hope you don't need all those six points the way I'm going to drive this car today, but we'll see. We'll see how we do. Mark Warman is a self-made Mopar success story from humble beginnings in Springfield, Oregon. He has managed to tirelessly carve out a space for himself, not only in a respected authority as the Mopar restoration expert and documentation scene, but also with a successful television show, Graveyard Cars, first on Velocity and now on Motor Trend Network. Always a Mopar guy from the beginning, Mark, like most of us, is chasing that perfect car that he had when he was young. Painting, bodywork, assembly, there is no part of the process that Mark can't speak about. Sometimes rattling off so many numbers and specs that it even makes the true fan a little bit dizzy. At the end of the day, Mark just wants to put more cars on the road by restoring more of these beautiful Mopars. After all, Mark is known as the Mopar Mortician. It's not called graveyard cars for nothing. So Mark, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles and Mopars? Well, I certainly don't want to interrupt you. You were on a roll there. I I like the direction we're going. A few, a few more superlatives would have been nice, but it's okay. Let me <laughs> let me cool. help you out. Okay. Yeah, you know, pretty much it's just a small town guy and uh, born and raised in Springfield, Oregon. Lived on 14th Street. Was a Mopar nut from the time I was about 11 or 12 in that range. That's when I really started noticing them. There was a 71 Charger that used to book up and down 14th Street. It could have been an RT for all I know, but it, you know I wasn't a numbers guy then. I wouldn't have known, and I never got close enough. But it was top banana yellow, had a black top, side pipes of all things, big wide craggers, and I just fell in love with the colors and the car. And that was kind of the beginning of it because that's you know it's the colors, it's, it's yeah. the colors and the body styles and the wildness that now. What, 50 years later, people who were never Mopar people are coming around to really appreciate. And right. so that's what hooked me. And then uh, my first car was a 70 Charger 383 two-barrel car that had been already wrecked before I got it and had a 318 installed in it. But it was my car, and it was burnt orange, white top, burnt orange interior. Nice. And I loved it. You know, that was my, some of the greatest memories I have of any cars, and I've owned a lot of them. But the, probably the fondest memories are in that little Charger. So. To come up with the idea for the show on another note is just without going too far into it, bottom line was we had bought a, one of my clients had bought a 71 Cuda. Uh, the world knows it now is the Phantom Cuda. It was a real 446 barrel four speed, one of 108 cars, yeah. two tour red N96 shaker car that was, you know, just destroyed. And we bought the whole works, the car, the body, the shell, and all the extra parts for 50 grand. It was all in the little four by eight manure trailer. So I showed you how smashed up that <laughs> thing was. Yeah. It was a mess. Well, you know, those are early days. That goes back 10 years ago, fairly early days, even for the internet. And of course, keyboard commandos, they were the first things to go on there. And so we went on to a big Mopar. Well, back then it wasn't that big, but it is today, a big Mopar page and had posted about the car that we were going to restore it and to watch for it and that kind of thing. And People who had seen it traveling, the Chrysler's of Carlisle, the Mopar Nationals, and the circuit earlier that summer, the guy was trying to market it for quite a while, had said, well, that car can't be fixed. It's garbage, and all you're going to do is cut the numbers out and put them in a nice body and, you know, kind of accusing you of a felony because that's sure. what that is. Yeah. So I said, no, look, we're just going to document it, and we're going to film it, and I'll get some kid over here with a camcorder, and we'll we'll make sure that it's obvious of how we repaired the car. And so... We did get a guy over there, and a young guy that wanted to help out, had a little camcorder he was using that he borrowed from his dad, and we 
filmed for the first day, and at the end of the first day, he said, you guys are hilarious. You guys should have your own show. I didn't even know <laughs> what he was talking about. The only reality show I'd watched was American Chopper. Yeah. I thought, I, yeah, I could throw stuff around and throw a fit. And sure. I could do that real well. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of is it. We uh, we decided we would film it more in that spirit, and I guess without a lot of filler, the rest is history. We're on our, let's see, we're just wrapping up the filming of our 10th season. And wow. I think we'll, yeah, it's pretty crazy. That last, is amazing. Last year, we celebrated our 100th episode. And these are one-hour episodes. These aren't the half hours. These are one hour. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're, I think, on 100, and, we'll be on 130 by the time it's over, by the wow. time the series, uh, by the time the season 11, which we'll start filming next month, is over. So it's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, it's really a, it's a neat time. It's fun for me to be able to reflect the stuff that used to be embarrassing for me to look back and watch our early days of filming. Now we're just campy, and that's kind of like watching the early Seinfelds. They were really pretty terrible. <laughs> oh, but they were. Fall yeah. in love with everybody. Yeah, he, yeah. Then you say, "Okay, I get it. That was funny. I don't know why I didn't appreciate it then." Right. Yeah. You got to know the characters. Well, congratulations. I mean, this is phenomenal. And you're talking to a little baby here because my TV show just launched last week, a Cars Whoa. Yeah TV show. Yeah, on MAV TV. And so I'm just Holy starting. Cow. No kidding. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I need to, you know. Come on down there and buy you a drink and get a little knowledge from you about how to do this TV thing. Well, because- we're yeah, we're old buddies. I'll tell you, you and I both have a show. Had a show on Mav. Did you know we had that? My production company had another show on there. Really? No kidding. Yeah. Huh? And Mav what was that? TV baby. Yeah. It was. Yeah. We when we were doing Graveyard Cars, I, I know this is about Graveyard Cars and everything, but you know I own the production company that makes the show, so I'm as well yeah. plug it. Yeah. Can, sure. <laughs> but when you said Mav TV, a lot of people haven't. Maybe by now they have, but back in when we got on with them about yeah, it's a ago, smaller network than you're on for sure. Network, yeah, you know. than Motor Trend. I mean, Motor great Trend's huge. guys yeah. though, really sweetheart guys. And yeah. and yeah, of course, you know, you, you David and Goliath. But I still have major props and respect for Mav. I I loved it. We we pitched him a show called Lynch for Hire. And it was my friend Stan Lynch that I grew up with and his crazy, insane brother, Sly Lynch. And it's, it, <laughs> HBO series, I think, is called Trailer Park Boys or something like that. But these guys are real. They're not actors. They, they yeah, they're them. the real deal. Yeah. So if you ever get time, look up Lynch for Hire, Google okay. it. Mav pulled it two years ago because I think it was not very good. But we got six episodes out anyway. And if yeah. the very least. It, they're funnier than hell. So I'm glad wow. you're on. I'm I'm proud of you, man. That's hard. It's it's hard, hard, hard work to get on network television. So oh my gosh! Yeah. Major props to you, my friend. Well, I know thank it didn't you. Happen overnight. No, it hasn't. But I really appreciate it. That means a lot coming from you. Well, let's continue on your journey, though. This is about you today, Mark. We got the two marks here, but this is about the Mark the Mopar <laughs> man. And I would love to have you share a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has great meaning for you and forming your success. I always say it's a great way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars, yeah? So, Mark, take the wheel. If you if you work around here, you realize that my whole job is to come up with those little things, those little mantras, and then ah. get somebody in the back office upstairs who thinks I can do no wrong to make it into a poster. So I actually have a couple of motivational posters. Really? My favorite saying, yeah, I do. They're ridiculous. Nice. But my favorite one, actually, I came up with on the cuff, and it was always grasp just beyond where you can reach. Uh, because yeah. everybody that's ever known me knows that I'm always way outside the box when it comes to stuff. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it grandiose. And yeah. then I somewhere I fail in the middle and I end up ahead of where I was going to be if I had not had that big expectation and push so hard. So I always just try to do way, way more than is humanly possible. And then when it does end up falling at the end of the day, I'm usually ahead of where I would have been with just normal expectations. I hope that works. I like the attitude that comes with that. It's kind of the idea of uh, shoot, you know, aim for the moon, but shoot for the stars. And, uh, you know, reaching for that uh, proverbial brass ring, if you will, where you got to go just a little further. And oh, sometimes yeah. you fall off the horse and get drug around the, the, the merry-go-round. But, uh, <laughs> get your face and, kicked in. You got to have uh, that. Yeah, once in a while, especially in the business yep. you're in, that's for sure. But uh, I love that. And I like the fact that you make posters out of it. I love those sayings. I ask all my guests for them. I, I should probably, someone told me once I should write a book with all my guests sayings and mantras because there's been so many great ones on this show but uh, oh absolutely yeah very cool very cool well let's talk about a story and you kind of alluded to this earlier that instigated that passion you have for cars is there a pivotal moment 
when you knew in your life, you know what, I'm a car guy and I'm always going to be a car guy? I think I came to grips with it fairly young. I think that what happened, I didn't like school. I just didn't like it. Had a rough time there at the at the house with dad sick and Diana at an early age and just kind of found it a lot easier not to be around people, but to tinker out in the carport. And my mom mm-hmm. let me do that. And so I started piddling around on small engines for the lawnmower and picking up a garage sale little motor and getting it running. But as I was doing that and kind of tinkering around on that, that's it's really a rush to get something running that didn't run, especially oh, yeah. if you don't even know what you're doing, which I didn't <laughs> know what I was doing. I knew what a spark yeah. plug was, and I could clean it, and I got yeah. lucky and pulled the cord, and it started, but it's a rush. Yeah. yeah. And I think somewhere over that time period of around 14 to 15, maybe 14 to 16, I realized that that it was an itch way too deep not to scratch, and I would probably yeah. be doing it for a long, long time. and. And so I went into the automotive world. I went into t- changing tires, pumping gas, working at JCPenney Auto Center, then at Lincoln Mercury as a lube kid, worked up to a service manager, then started my own shop. And so it wasn't like a switch went on. It was a gradual process, but always there was an affirmation that this was the direction I'd be going. I just had no idea truly that I'd end up where I'm at today. Who would, right? Yeah. Well, it's a pretty cool story. And I'm sorry you lost your father at such a young age. That's horrible. Um, your mom was really a smart lady, though, to let you do where your passion was guiding yeah. you. Because you know, I I know. I don't mean to step on your on your comment there. No, go ahead. Uh, you know, just to to fill the audience in there, it was a uh, 2018 was not a great was not my greatest year for stuff. Um, mom, after dad had passed away, I think I was 13 when he passed away. 12 or 13, almost uh, 13 within a yeah. month of being 13, and she chose very pragmatic, very mind strong woman. She decided she wasn't going to date anybody right now. I was that age. My sister was a couple of years older. She didn't want any outside influences right. telling her how Smart to raise those kids. So yeah, she was. She she so she she showed the line. Not a lot of people can do that because people need companionship, and I get it. I understand. It's not for everybody. But she went on to raise us by herself there and didn't have any, didn't date and do anything. And then, of course, one decade leads to another. And she was pretty content after having her soulmate and losing him of never doing, you know, anything romantically with a guy again. Mm -hmm. So she never married. She never dated. But she was always my, I speak in the past tense, obviously, here. But she was always my strength and my go-to person and the first one to check me. Mm. When I went out of line, yeah. so if, my, if it was my ego, or if it was a bad idea, or whatever, yeah. it was Mark Gregory yeah. Warm in this, Mark Gregory Warm in that. <laughs> yeah, the well, middle name. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know you're in trouble with that. Yeah, but she was proud of me, and she she did. She made that decision early on. She thought she told me the story many many times. In fact, up to recently, we lost her in April. She had cancer, and I'm sorry. We, she gave it a Dickens of a fight. I am too. Terrible terrible loss for for the world, in my opinion, and everybody feels that way about their mom. I, I just think that mom was a unique one. She was definitely uh, the objection, not the not the rule by any means. Because of decisions like this one that you're talking about, she looks out in that carport and she sees me tinkering away on a little gas engine. She thinks, well, I could kick his ass and make him go to school. I could boot him out. I could bow my neck. I could make him. And he's going to probably end up running down the alley with the wrong kids. That's what's going to happen. And so would I rather look out there and know I can keep an eye on him and he's not hurting anything with these little motors and these little bicycles and stuff he's tinkering on. So that was her decision. And maybe it wouldn't have been the right one for a different kid. But boy, for me, it was the right one. And everything that I do today is because of her. Everything great about me is because of something she taught me or that lives inside me. So that's that's just it, you know, that's just the way it is and I and I'm I'm okay with everything. I understand life is just keep shuffling on. <laughs> but yeah, she is a brilliant woman and I hope that one day I can be, you know, anywhere near as as great of a contribution. I think Well, she, she sacrificed for you and she that's what did. moms that's yeah, what moms sure. do and she sacrificed in a huge way. My condolences. We lost my mother-in-law last year, and I lost my father two two years ago. I mean, you and I are close to the same age, so this yeah. is the age where these things well, happen. I'm sure sorry for you too. Yeah. Well, thank not you. Easy. Yeah. No, it's not not easy at all. But you know what? The memory, and I always say, what would Dad want me to do about this situation? He's not here for me to call, but what would he? I know what he would want me to do because I, I heard it. You know, yeah, for, half a century with him, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. she yeah. have to guess. Same with your mom. So whenever you have a question in your mind, you hear her yelling out your middle name, you know, okay, I better snap to it. Well, 
I appreciate you sharing a pretty, really poor, yeah. personal side of your story. Very, very heart wrenching and heart gutting, but very heartwarming more than anything. Uh, what a wonderful mom. Moms are awesome. Well, let's take a look now that, now that we've gone down that path. I'm going to go even further and ask you to talk about a big challenge or a big failure you, failure you faced along the way. Um, these are wonderful learning situations. If you look at them that way at the time, they don't feel so good. But when you look back, you go, you know what? That taught me something. So walk us through one of those because having a shop on your own, this is no easy task. And getting 10, 11 years out of a TV series, that's not easy either. So walk us through one of those. I would just go with, boy, I I don't know. There's some real hitters up there in that top (laughs) lessons. I'll tell you, there's probably a half a dozen really good lessons. Pick the best one that hurt the most. (laughs) It's the investment in your employees if you're starting your shop. So I started out in a single car garage. I was renting a little house on Lauren Loop uh, in 1984. And then in September 1985, I had, I'd been doing auto detailing in my garage. I finally got to a point where I couldn't detail in that little garage anymore. And so I rented a little shop on Olympic Street, a little three-bay shop that used to be a tire battery accessory shop for Coast to Coast. Back in the day, Coast to Coast was like Monkey, Monkey Wards and, and J.C. Penney. They had a little auto center. Yeah, And so this little old debunked shop was three bays, had a couple of lifts in it, and I rented that. And as soon as I got in there, I needed help. So lesson number one, never hire a relative. (laughs) (laughs) Although, Cousin Dougie might have something to say about that right now. Yeah, he he might. (laughs) (laughs) Hang it. Don't worry, Dougie. Don't worry, Dougie. Your your job's secure. You're safe. We're we're all grown up now. Yeah, you're you're fine. Yeah, just just don't act uh, yeah, up. Yeah, and and then when you do hire employees that aren't your relatives, it's hard. I don't know why, but it's difficult to look at everything around them through their perspective. You're always uh, looking at it at your perspective, yes. and it is so hard yep. to look at it from theirs. And it's easy to say you're being a baby. That's BS. You don't need that. This is ridiculous. Tough it out. Those are all things that go along and probably were the way the world was 100 years ago, but it isn't that way anymore. And it really wasn't that way when I started my shop, but I made it that way. And so what I ended up doing is I lost good employees. I got rid of some employees that weren't good, but learning how to really relate with the employee and make sure that at the very least, all of their needs are met and you're listening to them. Do those two things, and they seem to want to work for you. And it's nothing to do with the show. It's nothing to do with anything. It's it's how I treat them now compared to how I used to treat them. I think that probably, at least from a business standpoint, and I think even a personal standpoint, and let's face it, we got to face these people someday at the store. I think now my mindset is very empathetic to where they're at, but at the same time, I know where the line is in the sand, and I can draw it. So I guess in a roundabout way, that's probably my... It's not glamorous, but that's pretty much probably my biggest lesson to take away from it. You know, you dropped a really wonderful couple of golden nuggets there, Mark, because for people that start their own business, one of the most difficult things is it's a business. They usually have a craft, like you had to detail cars. They have a craft, but when they start a business, they have to change their whole mindset. And when they bring new people in, everything has to change. And what you said, I think, was really important, having some empathy for others and realizing how important your employees are. They used to say customers first. I always said, no, no, no. Employees, or I used to call them associates, because at one point I was in control or managing almost 100 people. Yeah, um, they're associates at that point. They're associates, and <laughs> you treat them like that. Yeah, I mean, and so it is, it's difficult. It's hard. I went through the same learning lesson as well, because you expect everyone to think exactly through the crystal ball that you think through, and they don't. There you go. Yeah. They, there you they go. don't have your experiences, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, that's well said. That's exactly right. You expect them to have the same drive, the same willingness to look past something and power through it. Yeah. And look, if they could do all those things, they'd hang their own shingle and do it. Right. Exactly. I, My wonderful wife of uh, 35 years here, um, I came home one night very frustrated. And I was griping about something somebody had done that day. And she said, well, do they know? how to do that. Do they know it through your eyes? And I said, what are you talking about? They should just know it. And I said, or she said, but they don't have the experiences you have. Exactly. They didn't maybe have the great parents you had to know how to right. behave that way. There's that too. Yeah. You know, they they don't it's know to say, yeah, to say thank you. They were never taught. 
So she said, perhaps you need to teach them. And I look at her going, man, you know, my next wife's not going to be so smart because you're always right. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing you learn when you get a little older is you don't know every damn thing. Exactly. And I think her response was, well, you won't be able to afford your next wife. <laughs> so. See, that's it. And that's what we in the business refer to as a shot across the bow, a little a little memory <laughs> jolt for you there, just in case you get any ideas. Yeah, I that's think right. so. I think Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bezos is going through that right now, as I understand. He's going yeah, to be getting... I saw that. Well, that's going to be beautiful. Very expensive divorce. Yeah, ouch. Mm. Yeah, don't play around. Mm. That's the lesson there. Mm -hmm. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. You, you alluded to one back with a, a Mopar, having a Mopar, but was there a first car that you got that really had great meaning for you? It was the Charger. I, I had owned okay. a couple of cars ahead of it. Um, I bought the Charger right close to my 16th birthday. And before that, so I had had, as far as motorized vehicles that I bought and paid for and wheeled and dealed, I'd, I'd saved up and bought a little Honda CL100 motorcycle at a shop in Glenwood called Brimberries. Nice. And I paid $296 for it. <laughs> I rode it on my bike route constantly. I'd side saddle it. You know how you can ride side saddle yeah. on a horse? Yeah. Well, if you don't have a driver's license, you need to ride your motorcycle up and down the sidewalk side saddle. Because if you see those cops down at the end of the road, you can hop <laughs> off of it real quick and act like you're pushing it. Oh, so okay. I, I, I remember that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Many times, many times. I had that for about a year and a half. And then I, let's see, I traded that little motorcycle in for a 67 Chevrolet Impala 283 two-speed power glide, little hardtop car. And I flipped that little car in, this is all before a 16, I flipped that car by putting it in the money saver for sale, a guy came up, says, I got a 1970 Toyota Corona Mark II four-door. Yeah. It was early days for imports, you know. Oh, and yeah. I thought, well, it's got to have good mileage, though. So I traded him straight across, and then I ended up selling that car about nine months later, and I ended up with my 525 bucks it took to buy my Charger. Mm. And that was the whole goal to all this. I had spotted my Charger. If you read a couple of my articles in Motor Trend, I talk about it. Uh, well, actually, it's not a motor. It, it is Motor Trend owns it, but I, I write a monthly editorial for uh, Mopar Muscle is what I Oh, do. nice. Okay. And I love just reminiscing. That's people, I don't know if they're getting bored of it or not, but my articles are very little <laughs> tech and a lot of, a lot of reminisce. stuff. Yeah. It is. It, it's my style of writing because I think you can go anywhere on the internet and learn all the techie stuff. There's some pretty bright guys out there with some really good websites, so oh, I'm yeah. not going to add anything. I, I like to talk about what it means to me. So to answer your question, it was a 1970 Dodge Charger. It was not an RT model. It was a, a base model. It was 383 two-barrel. L-code is the engine code uh, in the VIN. Nice. And like I say, the motor was long gone at some point in its life, and the guy I got it from, Butch Peterson, had put a 318 out of a 74 Roadrunner in it. Uh, I And a little automatic on the floor. It was burnt orange with burnt orange interior and a white vinyl top. Nice, and nice. at the end of the day, Royal and I, my best friend, we finally got the money. I got the money. He went down there with me. We picked it up, brought it back to the house on 14th Street, and we scrubbed it up with mom, an entire bottle or little can of Ajax from my mom. Ajax? Kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, well the, <laughs> let me clarify. I'm sorry. The, the Ajax was for the white vinyl top. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to get What did the paint? We scrubbed the top with it. <laughs> yeah. We washed the car with joy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But okay. mom looked on and she remembered that up until her last days we'd talk about that. I said, You remember sitting in that window and watching us? She goes, I loved it. You and Earl were out there scrubbing all day and every time I'd look out there it was a little shinier than it was before. So I would give anything to have my old car back, but it it's I'm afraid possibly gone and I'll build a tribute to it because I think that's okay. Uh, uh -huh. nobody said oh, yeah. it's one time through. You can uh, you can take another run at it and have some fun. So so that's your seller's remorse car too. I'm imagining. Oh boy, I've bought and sold a ton of cars. I don't know a lot of stuff, and there are quite a few in there that I I wouldn't have wanted to hold on to them because they meant anything to me. But let's say I sell a, I had bought a seventy Challenger RTSC four forty four speed out of Cresswell for a hundred dollars in nineteen eighty six. It had had no engine in it, no transmission, but it was a real Dana four-speed track pack car. 
And if I would have just held on to it until the market got really healthy in 1990, you remember when oh, yeah. uh, there was a lot of Asian purchases of American oh, muscle yeah. cars, Harley Davidsons were going crazy. Yep, sure. I could have made, I bet I could have <laughs> got five grand out of that car and I ended up selling <laughs> it for probably $500. I don't know. So I have those regrets, but I, but the only one was a car. Yeah. That meant something to me. It was a charger. I bet. I'll bet. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what has you excited and fired up here in the new year with, uh, now, do you still, is your car business still Welby's Car Care? Is that long gone or is that still an entity? That's the entity. That's the entity okay. that, that the body shop, the graveyard cars runs under is Welby's gotcha. Collision okay. Center LLC. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to ask you was what has you excited and fired up this year? You talked about graveyard cars on the Motor Trend Network and Welby's Car Care. I mean, what, what has Mark excited this year in 2019 about your business? We're ticking all the boxes here. I've got the show's doing well. I never take anything for granted. We work really hard to make it fresh and new almost every episode. <laughs> yeah. We're constantly changing it. I never want to be that show that they say, where can they go from here? I want you always to have somewhere new so you never question it. Now, that awesome. still doesn't mean that next year couldn't be my last year because it could. But right now, it's doing well. And the shop is amazing. We have over 100 cars on the lot, 30 of them in process that are all needing restored. So I, wow. I think I'll, I'll have work to do till I'm old, older and grayer. I think so. I've got to stay alive long enough to finish them all. <laughs> One of the things I mentioned last season was Graveyard Motors. Graveyard Motors is my idea of having a Mopar-only used car lot built and designed in the exact not just spirit, but literally, to look like a 1968 to 1974 Chrysler Dodge Plymouth dealership. Oh, cool. So we're working on the real estate part of it. That's actually the hardest part. The rest of the infrastructure is pretty much what I what I know and can do. <laughs> but here is the goal for, for 19. It's to have the lot, have it built and up and running. And when you pull in, you believe it's 1970. Yeah. You believe it for a multitude of reasons. The building looks like it. So go Google old Mopar or old Plymouth dealerships and Dodge dealerships or Ford dealerships. They're very, they're very unique. Remember in 1970, they thought they knew what we we're going to look like in 2000. So it was their version of the future. Like the yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it'll have that look to it, but then you'll have the rest of it will be very functional. You'll have your front row cars just like you would if we all grew up in towns where there was the hot rod used car lot. Ours was Bob Cochran Auto Sales over in Glenwood. You couldn't wait to drive in front of that place because you knew there was a Corvette out there, a 60s Corvette. There might be a Mopar or two, an AMC, a Rambler Scrambler. All the cool muscle cars were there. That's what this lot will have is the front row or rows, depending on the layout of it, will be cars that probably are consignments with me or cars that I bought outright, but they had to meet a certain criteria. Mm. For me. Now, just a quick example of that is if you went, if you were looking right now for a 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner three to three four speed air grabber car, because that's what you had in high school, there's 30 of them online right now for sale if you take your time and look. Nobody, there isn't one place that's selling it that has the ability or maybe even desire. I, sh- I shouldn't say that quite so broad. There, there probably are some. My hook is going to be that I've inspected the car. That's my hook. If you call me up and say, I want an RM23, 3-3 encode car, I've looked at the car. I've spent time on it. I've let you know what panels are original, what panels aren't, what numbers are right, what ones aren't. If it's a carburetor that has the wrong number or if it's the PCV valve that's been changed out, I will give you a, a laundry list of things. But one thing you know for a fact, without a doubt, because my entire reputation, my livelihood is based on my reputation. I'm going to tell you whatever that is. It's good or it's bad, but at least you're going to know what you buy. And I think that it's that confidence level that'll go past the gimmick of it being a 70s car lot that people really will say, look, I want to buy a car. I'm going to buy it from the guy who wouldn't throw his reputation down the down the drain. Right. Fully vetted. So you walk in and you you call me up and say, I want a 70 runner. I've got two on the lot. If I don't have the two on the lot, I'll find you the car. I'll inspect it. I'll make sure it's right. I'll charge a fee for that. And you can pick it up at the lot in a month from now. Nice. And this will is be cool. A, it is cool. There will be a middle and a back row. Middle row is going to be project cars that are drivers. Maybe they're daily driver cars. They're more your twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 70 Cuda, 383 automatic. Maybe it's got the wrong engine in it. But it's a nice-looking car. 
And I'm not saying that car is perfect, but I'm telling you I've looked at the car. And now I can give you a bill of health on the car that you can take and decide and do whatever you want. Main thing is you can spend your money wisely. Back row will be project cars. Maybe you want to come in and pick up a 68 Dodge Coronet RT that's a numbers matching car in the back row. It needs restored. You can take the car, buy it, go restore it, or you can make a deal with Graveyard Cars to restore it for you. Nice. How exciting. That's kind of the gist of the car. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we're going to do that. We're also filming a sizzle reel for that. That's what they call it in the business. You know now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of those. I've heard of those. Yeah, I bet you have. (laughs) We're doing a sizzle reel right now featuring Bill Goldberg and Mark Warman. Oh, as, nice. So Goldberg's going to be my eye in the sky because he's all over the world. He's, yeah. he's a traveling man. Yeah. So uh, your, Graveyard Dreams is the name of the show that we're trying to get launched. And we'll have our sizzle done here in about a month and a half. And we'll pitch it to Motor Trend, who's our first family. And if they can't get any traction there, then we'll send it down the line. We may end up on MAV. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Very cool. So, so there you go. There's my excitement for 19. Well, you've got huge excitement. I'm really excited now. I'm fired up. I can't wait to drive a couple hours south from where I live and come visit you down there. That, oh, that it'd be sounds, fun. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. And uh, Bill Goldberg, he's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's fantastic, of course. What Wonderful a character guy. he is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Did you see the Santa commercial with him? Yes. <laughs> I yes. love it. Thumbs him out of there and he has to sit yeah. in the passenger seat. That's great. I, I know. It was great. It is perfect for him too. So very nice. And I want to remind our listeners that uh, Mark and I will be on the celebrity stage at the Classic Auto Show March 16th and 17th in uh, Orange County, Costa Mesa, where uh, we'll get to talk again. I'll be the MC there. You'll be one of the celebrity guys. And uh, I encourage my listeners, if you're anywhere in the Los Angeles area, SoCal area, Come to the Classic Auto Show and, and say hello to us. Come in. I mean, there's over 2,000 cool cars at this show. It's going to be a blast. So I can't wait to see you again down there, Mark. Up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator. And you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MAV TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Mark, we're back. Uh, I have a very introspective question for you. I kind of think I know maybe how you'll answer, but we'll see. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car parked in the garage, you actually were manifested into a car. It's not what you want to be. It's who you are as a car. What would Mark Warman be and why? You're on my couch now. You're on my couch 
You're on my couch well, now. I'm, I'm the, I'm the counselor. Yeah, I'm getting in your head, buddy. Because <laughs> if I throw out a hemicuda, then I've got some kind of compensation problems. And if I throw out a slant six, then I'm massively depressed. So I know what you're trying to do. I get I do. it. Yeah, yeah okay. A little earlier than that, my friend. All right, all right. I well, am a 1975 Chevrolet Malibu with a 305 in it, if they made those then. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> if I'm a car, I'm probably a Mopar. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I think that one of the most practical, long-lasting, no arguments, doesn't cause any problems, because that's the kind of guy I am, <laughs> but yet popular, because in my pea brain, I got yeah. that too. You I'm going to go with the 69 Roadrunner, Motor Trends Car of the Year for 1969. There you go. Roadrunner. I like it. Can't argue with that. Can't say no. I got mental issues. Nope. <laughs> I would never say that about you, no, my friend. Not in a million years. No, no, no. You're just a little, uh, you know, car crazy like I am and the rest a of us. So, uh, yeah, that's all. We're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a couple of questions here for you and ask you to give us some very quick blips of the Mopar throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I assure you it's, it's one of the reasons why we've been successful. Worked with a guy in 1984. I hired him. I started out as a lube technician at Eugene Lincoln. Well, back then it was called Central Lake Mercury on the corner of 17th and Willamette in Eugene. Hired a technician named Jim Zabrowski. We're still friends today. Zabrowski was an odd little cat. I wanted to beat the living tar out of him the first time I saw him. He walked in like he owned the place. He had these aviator glasses on. He was taking pilot lessons out at Lane Community, whatever. But we became friends. And God, he would just like a bulldog that needed trained, he would hit me between the eyes every single day with how stupid something I did was. And it took a while for me to realize what he was trying to do. And he finally managed to pull it off. And it was this. Think. That was it. Think. It's one word. Think. Now I'm, and I'm talking to you about a technician now. I'm talking to you about a mechanic, a body man, a painter think. So this morning I was out there with one of the new greenhorns. We were aligning the sheet metal on a 70 Challenger that we got going out next month. He was frustrated. Guy says, no matter what I do, I'm just chasing this car around and around. I get the gap here and then I go, got to go back and get it here. And I just pulled him aside and I said, just go get your coffee, sit down, let's just look at the car. Because what you're going to do now is you're going to think. You stop before you move. Before you pick up the wrench, look at the project you're about to do. Think it out. Try to walk through all the steps as far as you can get. You certainly couldn't rebuild a car in your head in 10 seconds. But you could say, I like the way the door fits the quarter. If I don't like the way that the door fits the quarter, I can't change the quarter. It's welded on. Right. But I could change the door. And yeah. that's where you start. Think it out. Get that door to fit that quarter the way you want to. Don't even worry about those fenders and hood. They don't even exist right now because yeah. you cannot do anything with those unless you have that door fit into that quarter. Right. So stop and think. If you scan your computer and your car and it says it needs an O2 sensor, stop. Think. Is there anything that could cause an O2 sensor to be out of its parameter that would trip a light? Yeah, well, if it was running too rich or too lean, it might do that. Aha. Uh-huh. Now let's go back up to the front of it. Because when your finger hurts, it's not always your finger. Sometimes it's something wrong in your elbow or up in your arm. Think, think, think. So there you go. There's my long answer. Think, 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 think. If you've got a kid that's learning, take him aside and just say, stop and think about everything that you're doing. It's a great single answer word or single word answer to that question, although you gave the background, which is valuable. Um, my wife, again, my smarter than me wife, uh, many times when I'm frustrated, she'll say, walk away from that. Take time. Your brain's working on it. Think about it somewhere else. Get out of the perspective that you're in and then come back to it. So wise advice. How about a personal habit? Is there one that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I believe for me, because I really didn't have the education or anything like that uh, that to carry me very far, it was just a work ethic of work like a dog. I, and I still do it. And it isn't for everybody. And it doesn't have to be for everybody. For Mark, it was, I've, I've been now, I uh, started in 1985. So is that 33 years? I've been seven days a week for 33 years. I take Christmas day off. Usually that's the only day of the year. I don't take vacations. I never have in 33 years. So if I'm not here at the shop, it's because I had to drive down to Las Vegas because I don't fly and go to the Stupid SEMA show. 
But otherwise, <laughs> I am Mark Warman. I just work like a dog. I do 12 hours a day, and I do the best I can do in that 12 hours, and then I go home and and, and hit the reset button and try it again the next day. Yeah. So it's just hard work's all I know. There you go, kiddos. There's the secret to success. <laughs> just work your butt off. That's all. Work That's all like there a is. Dog. Never pull your head up, no matter how much sweat's pouring off. Just keep your head down. And then you can look back in 33 years and you can say, wow, I got past a lot of things that I didn't think I could get past because you work yeah. like a dog. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Perfect. I love it. Now, how about a resource? I'm sure you have lots of great go-to resources. Is there one in particular you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I know I, I can't do it, but I, I will say two that could really mean something to somebody. Classic Industries is our main is the main place that I've been buying parts from for many, many years, long before we had a show. Classic Industries is doing the best job at reproducing the stuff that's so blankety blank and hard to get. Pick up the phone before you do before you buy a used part on eBay, take a minute, call and find out if they offer it. Because if they do, it's a good part or it wouldn't be on their shelf. Tony D'Agostino at Tony's Mopar Parts. I bought my very first four-speed conversion from him in 1985 when I started my shop. And even to this day, he is an absolutely fantastic source of knowledge and parts. And he specializes in a lot of NOS stuff. So there you go. Yeah, two great resources. There's my plugs. <laughs> there you go. I like them both. Absolutely. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, I I think I got it, and it took because I got scared when you started with me there. I started thinking, well, I got to go to JFK, but he wasn't really a car guy. Okay, no, no. The one person I really would have wanted to meet, and unfortunately, I just didn't make it in time, was George Barris. Ah, uh, yeah. The king of customizers. I patterned. I don't know my model cars after him when I was a little kid. I was always customizing my models, heating them up with the hair dryer, and trying to make them shape differently. He was the man. He was a pioneer. It wasn't just that he had such an amazing vision for these cars, a Batmobile and the Green Hornet. I mean, it goes on. I can, I don't have time. He's a lot of lot of cars. But it was that he would do it under such duress. If it was CBS, or I think it was CBS or NBC saying, hey, we want to do this show about this monster family. We're going to call it the Monsters, and we need a really wicked-looking macabre car for i mean he just dreams this thing up and then he pops it out in eight weeks or 12 weeks for nothing too so you gotta respect that that's big time yeah no it's cool i uh i had scheduled to have him on this show a couple years ago he was not doing very well and had to cancel because of health issues and of course we lost him i'm working on getting his daughter joji on the show Um, oh i I would love to hear that yeah Yeah, that would be terrific yeah that's my plan and I tell you, um, I had the luxury of spending three days with Adam West, the original Batman. And, did you really? Uh, I did. It was wonderful. Uh, I was with him. He came down to do a photo shoot with me as part of uh, when I was working at Griot's Garage. We had one of the original Batmobiles. It was owned by a gentleman up here, uh, Pat Hart, up in the Pacific Northwest. And he was telling us stories about that Batmobile that were just hilarious. And a couple of them were, he goes, do you know why whenever we were driving it, they sped up the film? You could obviously tell they sped up the film because it right. just didn't look real. He goes, because the thing was scary as hell to drive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said yeah. it, was, it was put together so fast. And he said, yeah. the other thing is, notice that we never opened the doors. We always, Robin and I always leapt into the car because you couldn't open the door more than two inches because of the way the outside body was designed. That ridge that ran down the line oh, would, my gosh, would yeah. bump into line. it. Would, yeah, it would <laughs> it would hit it would hit itself because it wasn't. I didn't know that. He said so. We when we first got the car, I went to open the door and I went clunk and it went. Well, this ain't gonna work. And uh, the you know oh. the, you just said, well, just jump in. It'll look more cool anyway. So there's your little Batman secret story. I love that. That is yeah. fantastic. Oh man, yeah. Adam was a spectacular guy. The most graceful grateful, empathetic, wonderful person. I got to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner wow. with him three days wow. in a row. And everywhere we went, people, rec- old and, and young, recognized him. He always absolutely always took a moment to ask somebody's name, ask them what they do. I mean, he, he was just a genuinely nice person. He was just a cool dude. The classic Batman, he liked to be called. So I love it. Very yeah. nice. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you learned a lot from? Well, the stuff I read, it probably isn't much to be learned. I'm a big Stephen King fan. So oh, that's cool. That's, that's really what I do. I, I love it. 
Well, you got Christine to choose from there. So oh, I love Christine, of course. Yeah. That's a wonderful. Yeah. The the book is much more violent than the yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, it's he pretty brutal. couldn't have done it. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty brutal. I, they, poor Omochi got torn up pretty good by Christine <laughs> <Mucci>. in that. <laughs> yeah. Mucci, yeah, the one that took the dump on the dash. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. that didn't work out for him. No, not um, at all. Not really. Honestly, I just haven't read any of that kind of stuff. I, I was going to get Stephen King's book on writing, and then I got to thinking I didn't want it to influence, because sometimes you can let something influence you, and you just lose whatever natural way you were going to do something. Yeah, yeah. Because I do write a lot, and I'm working on my own book right now, but I, oh, cool. you know, it's nowhere near ready to, to go out in the marketplace. But it's just kind of a, I guess it's an autobiography, in a way. Nice. Um, and for the most part, it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's also very long-winded because in that aspect, I do have a Stephen King propensity to just really try to paint a picture because I think that's important. I, if you can draw a visual, that one of the last week I got an email from a guy that said, "Man, I love your articles," and, and he was talking about these little Mopar articles I'm doing for Mopar Muscle. Uh-huh. He said because I just go there. He goes and I was there. Yeah. So when you start talking about your mill camp, which was the local you know, dance place here in town. They had theirs too. Right. And they had dollar night for Long Island iced teas there too. And they had stupid outfits that we dressed in too. And they danced to the same music too. And so it's mom. One of one mom's wisest things was that a long time ago when we were talking about telling stories and stuff, she'd say, go to the ear with a point and the heart with a story. And you take that in for a minute and you think, go to the ear with a point, got it. And the heart with story. Oh, Okay. So a lot of my writing style is like that. Well, I look forward to that. Um, You know, when you describe that, and I'm going to put down in your show notes page, uh, Stephen King's Christine for your book, if you don't let, if you don't mind That's me doing that. That's just but fine. Absolutely. That'll work. But you know, an author who comes to mind, who's been a guest on the show that writes in, it sounds like the way you like to, have you ever read any of Burt Levy's books? No. The not. Fabulous Trash Wagon, Montezuma's Ferrari, The Last Open Road. <laughs> 200 no, miles to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um Tolly's Ghost, the 200 mile steamroller. Okay, I I got to get some of these books in your hands. Yeah, um incredible books. One, yeah. yeah. I'll get you a book, okay? I'll bring it when we uh, meet down there in uh Southern California and uh, get your hands on one. They're very thick, they're very in-depth, and he's got a whole series of 1 2 3 4 5 6 of them, 7 of them maybe now. Wow. Uh, in, yeah, incredible book. So I, I, yeah, I'm i so glad I turned sure, you on man. to him. You're going to love him. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources Mark has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Mark Warman, and that page will pop up. All right, we're almost there, Mark. This last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. I'm going to buy it for you and delivered it to you in uh, beautiful Eugene, Oregon. But here's the rules. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars and toys with. You have to drive it. I don't believe in garage queens. You got to get out and drive it. I don't think that's a problem for a guy like you. But here's the kicker. It's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. What's it going to be? This is a true answer. It's uh, You would wave your magic wand. Oh, yeah. And you would find a 1970 Charger base model, 383, two-barrel, automatic on the floor, AM radio. White top, no stripes, road wheels, and burnt orange interior. And, it, wow. and and to me, as long as that thing was mint, I would drive the hell out of that car every single day. Because <laughs> for me, the one thing about it is is I get to go out right now. There are seven Hemi cars here. There's five wing cars here. I can go play with any of those cars and have that feeling. Right. But So if I come down to having, and, and I don't own them, they're customer cars. You don't have to own something to enjoy it. My point is, of all the things in the world that would give me the most joy, and I would drive every day instead of my Challenger would be that Charger. And I'd never sell it. You couldn't. I wouldn't sell it. I love it. Very cool. Well, I'll get to work on that. Mark, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. I can't wait to see you down in Southern California in March at the Classic Auto Show. We'll have some fun there. Talking up on the celebrity stage. I want to thank you for sharing an amazing journey that has been your life, and it's just going to keep getting better. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 70 Charger? (laughs) Have the courage of your convictions. There's a world of people out there that like to just chant stuff out there and throw out mantras and all that crazy stuff. But 
whatever it is that you're saying you're going to do, don't say it if you're not going to do it, but have the heart, have the yeah. conviction. If it's standing up against 50 people who say this is all right, and you think in your heart, you believe it in your mind that it's not right, have the guts to say it's not right. Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever make you any money, but I, it's how I live my life. Have the nice. courage of your convictions. Nicely said. That's a Ruby Jean Warman, by the way. Another oh, Ruby yeah. Jean Warman mom trick. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love mom. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Graveyard Cars on Motor Trend Network and Welby's Car Care? You can go to graveyardcars.com, of course, with a Z. That's how we spell it. And there's all kinds of stuff on there. You can learn a lot about the cars we're working on, keep up to date on the program, up to date on the cars that are in the shop, uh, what we might be doing. I don't do many shows. I think this LA show is only the second one I'll be doing. Well, it'll be the first one I do, and then I'll do SEMA, and that's it. Yeah. Facebook, we have a real strong presence. We're over 3.2 million fans on there. Wow. And uh, it's oh. really cool. Yeah, so go on there because we're always posting cars that are in the shop and what we're doing and what we're not nice. doing and, and what's cool and what's not. And then over on Twitter, I have my little account, Mark Warman, and, and Graveyard Cars over there. That's the easiest way to probably keep up besides watching every Friday. Well, actually, now I will say, I better say this. Tonight, uh, in about, what time is it right now, Pacific time? Well, we're at 4.12 here on a Friday evening. Yes, we're recording this on a show. Friday evening. In an hour yeah. and 48 minutes, a brand new episode of Graveyard Curls will be on Motor Trend Pacific Time. That'll be 9 p.m. Eastern. Nice. But th- after this, after tonight, we're off for three weeks because of the Barrett-Jackson auction. We've got to make room for the big boys. Yep. And then we come back on Tuesday nights at 8 oh. o'clock Eastern, or at 9 Eastern, uh, cool. 6 Pacific. So, yeah, there you go. I like it. Well, <laughs> or just go to Motor Trend Network and you can find all the listing times for wherever you live. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, listeners, again, you can find everything Mark has shared with me today on his show notes page at CarsYeah.com. A shout out to Matthew Pryor. He's the one who helped connect us today, which is very cool. And of course, the folks at the Classic Auto Show. Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your amazing life with my listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Classic Auto Show in March. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!